right. The violent take it by force. We have to become violent in that area. We have to go, no. I've screamed at the devil many times. In the car is really good because nobody can hear you. But, and when nobody's home, but, you know, we're so, you know, oh, we're nice people. No, don't get mad at anybody. It's like, no, don't get mad at anybody. Get mad at the devil. Get an attitude towards the devil. Do not let him walk all over you. Exactly. Exactly. It's like we just can't become passive. The violent take it by force. Okay? <laughs> right. Okay, well, this morning we're going to speak on atonement and the cross and you'll be happy to know that I condensed it from about 18 pages to halfway and thought we'd do it in two parts because <laughs> it just was like so big. Like I said last time, you know, you get into one thing with God and, and you just, there's so much more. Oh, this leads to this, this leads to this, but you just can't. You can't do it in one hit, can you? So if I don't get to something today, don't jump on me. It's like, <laughs> there's more coming. <laughs> okay, so we've got your notes there because we've got lots of scriptures again. And uh, so we're going to look at what the atonement, well, no, next time we're actually, anyway, we won't go there because that's just too complicated. Today we're talking about atonement and the cross and how Jesus provides healing for us in the atonement as much as he provided forgiveness of sins. Okay. So I looked it up in the dictionary. Atonement is the reconciliation of God and humankind through the sacrificial death of Jesus Christ. Okay, so we're reconciled back to God through the atonement. Yeah, And we need to see very clearly, just like last time we saw very clearly that uh, healing is God's will, we need to see clearly that our sins and our healing are dealt with at the cross. They're not separate events. And it could be said, I've heard it said, you know, oh, it was just spiritual healing that took place on the cross. But we're going to see that it's not. It was physical healing. Yeah. So let's look at Isaiah chapter 53, verses 4 to 5. So this is a prophetic psalm about Jesus in the Old Testament and about what he purchased for us by his death on the cross. Okay, It's one of the clearest examples. It says, Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace, and with his wounds we are healed. So you can see there that I've actually underlined a few words and given us some definitions of it. So in the translation, it says, surely he's borne our griefs, but the translation of that word that they've translated griefs there is, could also be translated as disease, grief and sickness. So it's not just grief, it's not just emotional. It is emotional, but it's not just emotional. It's physical as well. He carried our sorrows, which could be translated as pain, sorrow and grief again. Uh, down to transgressions. He was pierced for our transgressions. That's our sins. He's crushed for our iniquities, our guilt. Our, it was our fault, you know, what we did wrong. He was crushed because we were guilty. He bore the punishment because we were guilty and we were in shame and that punishment belonged to us. But Jesus paid the price so that he bore the punishment. We don't have to. Chastisement was discipline, chastening and cor correction. So all that went on to him and we got peace. And with his wounds we are healed. And that word healed is safety, welfare, health, prosperity, rest, 
peace, wellness, wholeness, completeness, tranquility, contentment. Anybody else got any other adjectives we can throw in there? <laughs> like, it's a good place, isn't it? It's a good place. But let's look at uh, Matthew chapter 8, because what we've got to do is, that's the way the Bible was translated, okay? But we need to let the Bible interpret the Bible. We can't just pull one scripture out and say, oh, this is what it means. We've got to say, where else is it in the Bible? So that, you know, it translates itself. It's confirmation. And so that we really understand it. So in Matthew 8, it's when uh, Jesus went into Peter's house and he saw his mother-in-law lying sick with a fever. He touched her hand and the fever left her and she rose and began to serve him. That evening they brought to him many who were oppressed by demons and he cast out the spirits with a word and healed all the sick. This was to fulfil what was spoken by the prophet Isaiah. He took our illnesses and bore our diseases. So there it tells us that Jesus healed to fulfil that prophecy that was in Isaiah. It wasn't because he just felt like it on that day or for those particular people or I'm doing it now but when I'm, I've, I'm died, you know, I'm not going to do it anymore. It's none of that. He did it to fulfil what Isaiah said, which we've just read in chapter 53, that surely he did bear our griefs and carried our sorrows. And we, yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted, but he was pierced for our transgressions, crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace and with his wounds we are healed. So isn't that good to know? We can see that through these verses that it's not just spiritual healing. It is actually physical healing. And uh, as, as Jesus healed Peter's mother-in-law, and then when the people heard about it, they all brought other sick people and Jesus healed them. And he, and he healed those who were oppressed of the devil. They weren't suffering a sickness that God gave them to teach them something. It was because they were oppressed of the devil and he cast out evil spirits and healed all the sick. So we can see from that that Jesus hated sickness. He hated it and he wants us to hate it too. He hated it, hated sickness just as much as he hated sin. So Jesus rebuked the sickness because it's from the devil. It wasn't from him. And he wouldn't have rebuked it, would he, if he'd put it there. So it wasn't from him. Jesus rebuked it. Yeah. He hated it. And, and in the next one, God does not want us to live in sickness just as much as he doesn't want us to live in sin. He still loves us if we do. We all know that we're, you know, he still loves us. It doesn't change God's love towards us. But he hates it because of what it does to us. It's like your child, you know. You hate it. You, you love them dearly, but you hate what they're doing sometimes because it's going to not go well for them in their lives. You know, isn't it better to discipline your children when they're young rather than have them grow up and have to have the policeman discipline them? <laughs> I used to say that to my kids. I'm doing this so you don't get put in jail. <laughs> Be thankful. <laughs> some, some parents eat their children, you know, in the animal kingdom. So be thankful. <laughs> okay. So he's provided salvation for us so that we don't have to bear that sickness and salvation includes forgiveness of our sins and healing for our body okay and let's look at 1 Peter 2 24 there's another scripture that tells us the same thing he himself bore our sins in his body on the tree that we might die to sin and live to righteousness by his wounds you were healed 
they're put together in the same verse, you know. And, and this happens over and over and we're going to see quite a few of them today. So before Jesus died on the cross, that's when Isaiah was written, okay? And it's written in the present tense. So with his wounds, we are healed. In Isaiah 53 verse 5, we are healed. After the cross, the past tense, were, is used in 1 Peter. So by his wounds, you were healed. This shows that the atonement covered physical healing and that the atonement changed it from a will be or a prophetic are, as written in Isaiah. It was a prophetic word that hadn't happened yet. But then by the time Peter was written, 1 Peter was written, it became a done deed. We are healed. So what was in the middle? It was the cross. It was the atonement took place. So that's where it happened. So our sins were forgiven and our bodies were healed, both in the same act, both at the same time. So number two, Jesus is the atonement. In 1 John chapter 2, verse 2, says that he is the propitiation for our sins and not for ours only but also for the sins of the whole world. So here we go, another definition, propitiation. The act of gaining or regaining the favour or goodwill of someone or something. So... I thought that was interesting, the act of gaining or regaining. We could go off on a rabbit trail there because we actually did have favour with God when God created Adam and Eve. We did have favour and then we lost it. But we have regained it now. Okay. So our sins have already been dealt with even before we come to Jesus because the, the cross took place a long time before any of us were born and that's when it took place. So even before we were born, even before we came to Jesus, we didn't have to come to Jesus and say, oh, please, I know we do and God understands what we mean and we come and say, please forgive us. But it's like, it's like he's there saying, well, I already have. I already did that. But thank you for coming and, and acknowledging that. And that's, you know. And it's the same for every other person in the world. Jesus died for the sins of the whole world. Like all, everybody that is out there that doesn't know Jesus yet, they have actually been forgiven. It's a done deal. But it's not an automatic happening in their lives because we have a responsibility before God. We've got to come before him and acknowledge that and accept that. So it's, um, we're not automatically saved, are we? We have, to, we have to have a response with our faith. So I've got here, faith is our positive response to what Jesus did. Isn't that good? I like that definition. So the thing that gives us access to God's grace is not our goodness or our good works, but far, rather faith in what Jesus has done. Yeah? Ephesians 2.8, For by grace you have been saved through faith. Romans 5.2, Through him we, also, we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand, and we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. So we've obtained access by faith into grace. The Greek word that they use for, to translate access from, it's also the same word that we get admission from. So, you know, we, we buy an admission ticket into something, go to the movies, the theatre, the football, whatever. We have to buy a ticket. To, get, to gain admission. 
It isn't our goodness or good works that buys us admission into God's grace. It's faith in what Jesus has done. If faith in what he accomplished on the cross for us. It's nothing that we do. It's not our good works. It's nothing that we can do. Oh, I've fasted really well this month. You know, I've, I've prayed. I've got up six o'clock every morning. They're, they're all good disciplines for us to have. And it puts our heart in a position to know God more. But it doesn't buy any favours from God for us. Jesus had already paid for our sins, just like we, so we, we just had to believe and receive. And it happened when Jesus died on the cross nearly 2,000 years ago, before we even asked, as we said, it was already a done deal. It's not a matter of will he forgive me, because it's already done. It's not like, oh, I've, I've done this really bad thing, God could never forgive me. Or you're saying that you and your actions are better or worse, but better or more value than the blood of Jesus. What an offence to Jesus. It's like there's nothing that we can do that can stop us coming in to God's presence and, and receiving his forgiveness. Amen. So number three, it's not a matter of getting God to stretch out his hand to heal. It's a matter of renewing our minds, believing and releasing what has been placed on the inside of us. So just as we're not automatically saved, even though God has, Jesus paid for our sins, we're not automatically saved. We have to come to him in response with our faith. We're not automatically healed, even though we were healed at the same time we were forgiven of sins. We need to believe and receive and have that same response of faith, which is what we've been talking about this morning with our testimonies, like we're acknowledging what Jesus has done for us and saying, I'm going to believe that more and I'm going to take action on that. Amen. So we've got to come in a response to that as well. And, you know, there's nobody here that would say, would, um, would doubt that they're saved. Am I correct? You, you're, all, you're all very confident. There's not, nothing that, that would uh, say you're not saved. So why do we allow something to tell us that we're not healed? Because it happened at the same time. They're equal parts of the atonement. So healing and health were placed on the inside of us about 2,000 years ago. Well, it was provided for us, yeah, 2,000 years ago. And by mixing faith with what Jesus has already done, it releases that power of salvation that's on the inside of us. We just have to release us. What, what we were talk, I was saying before, you know, we release that power. That's what, what uh, Yantra did and what Sue did. They released that power of God that was on the inside of them to become, and, and it was made manifest. You know, it came into fruition. We got the physical happening of it. Yeah. So in Romans 8, verse 11, If the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Jesus Christ, or Christ Jesus, from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. So the raising from the dead power that brings healing is already on the inside of me. It's already on the inside of you. It's already on the inside of every born-again believer. It's already there. But we can see people suffering, but that power is already on the inside of us. We've got to learn how to release it. 
because it was placed there when I received Jesus as my Lord. Yeah. And I received forgiveness. Just as I received forgiveness and God placed peace in me instead of guilt, he also placed wellness or wholeness or healing or divine health on the inside of us at that same time. So we could say that God no more chooses to heal some people and not others then he would choose to save some people and not others. There's, there's no distinction of people, is there? God would... John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he sent his Son, that all who believe on him would not perish but have eternal life. The same thing. He wants all people saved. He wants all people healed because it all happened at the atonement. And God chose, we talked about this scripture a couple of weeks ago, Romans 2.11, God shows no partiality to any. There's no, there's no distinctions between us. There's no, oh, you can, you can't. By his stripes I was healed. 1 Peter 2.24 again. It's a part of salvation. God has healed our bodies the same as he's forgiven us of sin. I just keep saying the same thing over and over again because, you know, faith comes by hearing. And the more we listen to it, the more it goes into our spirits and the more it'll be the first response. It's the first response that makes a difference. Applying first aid can be a matter of life and death, can't it? Yeah. Yeah. So whether we receive healing or not, even though it's on the inside of us, but whether we receive it or not depends on what we've renewed our minds to. What we're listening to the loudest, huh? Are we, whether we actually believe what the word says more than what our symptoms tell us. Do we have a symptoms and say, I have a choice? Or do we have a symptom and we go, oh, no, I'm going down with the flu. Oh, no, I can't wear these shoes anymore. They hurt my big toe. <laughs> you know? It's like, what are we going to listen to the loudest? And sometimes we've got to, we've got to shut some other stuff out so that we can be hearing the word of God loudest. It depends on what our priorities are. Yeah? It's our choice. It's our choice. And, and nobody else can do it for us. You know? we, we have to be responsible for our own actions. Number four. Forgiveness of sins and the healing of the body are promised in the same verse. Here again. Therefore, they're both equal parts of the atonement. So let's look at Psalm 103, verses 1 to 3. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless the Lord. Bless his holy name. I just got stuck on that. And all that is within me. You know, it's like I read that and I go, okay, so everything within me, you are to bless his name. I'm not blessing his name if I'm sick and in pain. So, body, get in line and you bless the Lord as you were created to do. Yeah? Bless the Lord, oh my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Don't let it slip. We can't let it slip. We've got to be. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Keep the word before our eyes for it is life and health to all our flesh. You know? Forget not all its benefits. It's very easy for the, everything in the world. We get busy. We get overwhelmed. Oh, that's right. Jesus is the one who gives me peace. I better get back into Jesus. We've got to live in Jesus all the time. Forget not all his benefits. And he forgives all your iniquities. 
who heals all your diseases. There it is again in the same verse. Forgives our iniquities, our sins, and heals all our diseases. So healing is not optional. It's for everyone. It's not optional. It's for all of us. So let's have a look. Have you all heard the word sozo? The Greek word for salvation is sozo, which literally means to be whole, healed and forgiven of sins. So over 300 times in the Bible, it's translated as salvation. Yeah? But we're going to see some verses where it's actually translated as healing. So that tells us that it's the same, happens at the same time. It's the same word. James chapter 5, 14 to 15. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save, sozo, so it will save the one who is sick and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. So where it says the prayer of faith will save the one who is sick, so it's not saying salvation. Well, it is, but we could put heal in there instead of save. So the prayer of faith will heal the one who is sick because the prayer of faith saves them, brings salvation to them, and salvation includes healing. Matthew chapter 9, 21. For she said to herself, so this is the, the woman with the issue of blood, and she's saying to herself, if I only touch his garment, talking about Jesus, I will be made well. And that well word is sozo again. So she's not actually thinking about her salvation of going to heaven at that time. Her most important issue is the sickness in her body. That's what she's going after. She needs to be healed. Mark 5, 23. He begged him earnestly, saying, My little daughter lies at the point of death. Come and lay your hands on her, that she may be healed, and she will live. So healed there is the word sozo. And one more, Acts 14. This man heard Paul speaking. Paul, observing him intently and seeing that he had faith to be healed, said with a loud voice, Stand up, straight on your feet. And he leapt and walked. So Paul observed him intently and seeing that he had faith to be healed. He was, he was, there was a positive response within him because he was listening to the word that was being spoken by Paul. Faith comes by hearing. Paul was speaking about healing. This man, faith rose up on the inside of him. He got, had a positive response towards, towards the word. And so Paul could acknowledge that and said, we'll be healed. Rise up and walk. So that word healed is sozo again. So it's the same, 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 same again. We can just go over it all the time. It's like healing is a part of salvation. They can't be separated. They happened at the same time. So when you received your salvation, you received healing in your body. That power is on the inside of us, as we read before. And here we go. We've got to say, this is mine. Jesus purchased this for me and I am not going to let anyone steal this from me. I am becoming violent in this area of healing. So that's what we were talking about before. You know, get attitude. We're allowed to have attitude when it comes to, to speaking to the devil. You know, tell him to get. Get! And James 4, 7 says, Submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. How do we submit ourselves to God? By believing what the word says. By believing what he's actually done for us. 
more than what the symptoms are saying to us. Submit to God. Resist the devil. Tell him to get. Tell, him, tell pain to go. Tell symptoms to go. Practice the presence of God. Like, go into that place where you know you're connecting with God. Make a conscious effort. Not just a, oh, by just stripes, I'm healed. No. It's like, no, I have to be one with the Father to allow the power to be released in my body. So where am I one with him? When I centre in and just remember what he's, who he is in me and who I am in him. Because Satan cannot do anything to us without our consent and cooperation. I think you said this last week. So if we come from the standpoint that it's already mine, rather than I'm trying to get it, or I'm trying to convince God to give me something, then we can stand firm on the victory that it's already mine. It makes a difference from where we come from. We come from victory. We don't come from defeat. We have to come from it's already done, not I'm trying to get it. Will he do it for me? It's already been done. And we don't consent to what the devil wants to give us. You know, just because somebody wants to give you something, you don't have to receive it. You say, no, thank you. No, thank you. I, you know, not that I watch TV, but if you see an ad on YouTube or something, it's like, oh, you know, flu season's coming. Not here, it's not. <laughs> no, thank you. Not here. <laughs> you know, or the kids say something. Oh, no. Say no. No. No, thanks. We've got authority in our words. We've got to have authority in our attitude too. So we can cooperate with the devil if we'd like to when we think, oh, it's just, this is just normal. This is just age. Everybody gets it. It's hereditary. My father had it. My grandfather had it. My mother had it. It's genetic. I can't do anything about it. It's because I did something Oh, I wore these shoes and that's why I've got a sore toe, you know. Like, I can't do anything about it. That's offering no resistance, is it? That's submitting to the devil and resisting God. We need to switch it back to what God says to do. Resist the devil, submit to God and resist the devil. Don't submit to what the devil's telling us. Don't submit to what the symptoms are telling us, what the circumstances are telling us, what the doctor's telling us, what the world is telling us. Submit to God and his word and resist the devil. So if we think according to the word of God, we will not be giving in to the devil and we will not be giving the devil and sickness any place in our lives. That's how good the word of God is. You can take it to the bank. If you, we stand on the word, we say no to the devil. Simple as that. So we had a genetic condition in our family that we didn't know about until our first son was born. And he was born with a condition called ocular cutaneous albinism. So that meant that he was legally blind. And uh, they told us that we had a one in four chance with every baby that we had of having another child affected by that condition. So he was our firstborn. And... Uh, we waited four years before we had another child and we were, I was before God. I knew a bit about faith, 
not a lot, but I knew a bit. And uh, I was praying. I was just talking to God about having another child because I didn't want to have another child without an assurance from God that, you know, we wouldn't be going through the same thing. Because obviously I had concerns. And uh, so I guess I was a bit like Hannah, weeping before the Lord, wanting to have a child. But I was talking to God. I, and I know where I was. It was, you know, kneeling beside my bed. And uh, and I'd, I'd, I had wept plenty of tears over this. And, uh, and I felt God say, oh, like I was just weeping and asking God, what do we do? What do we do? You know, I didn't know about standing on the word. But he gave, he gave me the scripture. Um, then and there, he said, they that sow in tears will reap with joy. So I didn't know, it wasn't a, necessarily a healing scripture, but it was. It, it met me exactly where I was at. I had sowed lots of tears and I would reap Lots of joy. And uh, my tears of mourning changed. That, that minute to tears of rejoicing, tears of joy. You know, and, and I could say, I never, never had a problem for that whole nine months. So we went on to have a baby. I wasn't pregnant at that time. We had another baby. And the whole nine months, I wasn't. I wasn't worried. There was just such a peace. And I, I, God gave me a, a little run of joy scriptures as well. Like, they that sow in tears will reap with joy, okay? The joy of the Lord is my strength. So I got joy at that time. My tears of, tears of mourning turned to tears of joy. The joy of the Lord would be my strength. Um. Now that I'm put on the spot, because I just remembered this this morning, so I didn't write these down. I thought, the, the joy of the Lord is my strength. Oh, in his presence is fullness of joy. So if I stay in his presence, I'll stay in joy. And then that joy will be my strength. And then I will have tears of joy. I will reap with joy. But then the other one was, with joy, I will draw water out of the wells of salvation. So as when we have that joy in the Lord, we actually pull things out of what we already have in that gift of salvation and it just flows out into our lives. So, so that, was, that just kept me going. I'd never had another, another, another problem. The whole pregnancy, I didn't even think of it because the rest of the family were. It was when I'd had my, had my second son and, and he was the spitting image of my first son but not the same colour. <laughs> and uh, he was perfectly fine and he's strong and healthy. And my brother-in-law came and spoke to me in the hospital. He says, oh, I'm so worried. I'm oh, so worried about you. Like, so worried about this baby. Like, I said, oh, you should have spoken to me. I wasn't worried. I wasn't worried at all. That's amazing what the peace of God will do for us when we have that assurance, when we know that we've been in the presence of God and he, cha he, he just puts that peace on the inside of us. You know? I wouldn't suggest just pulling a scripture out of the Bible and saying, oh, God said this to me and this will be. That won't get you through nine months of mental torment you know you've got we've got to know that we know that we know that 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 word is is what God's spoken to us amen so all praise to Jesus so our first son still has that condition in the natural but I know that you know as I've learned lots of things in in God that he's um He's probably the most visual, non-visual non person that I've ever known. He's studying, he's doing his PhD 
in medieval and Renaissance literature. So he's highly academic. He's defeated all the problems. He gets himself down to Sydney Uni. He lives on his own and he cooks on his own and he, it's amazing what God has done in his life. It's totally independent. You know? He's wonderful. So we thank God for him. I'm still believing that you know, God has healed him. But um, we'll get there. We'll get there. But so for the next two babies, I, there's, there's no more of that in our family. No more. That one's been dealt with, thank God. So Isaiah 26 verse 3 says, You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. So it's like we need to stay our mind on what Jesus has done for us, don't we? And trust in him and then, then we'll be at peace. Okay, let's go to number six. Jesus used a human relationship to illustrate how our Heavenly Father treats us. Luke chapter 11, 9 to 13. And I tell you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives and the one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks it will be opened. What father among you, if his son asks for a fish, will instead of a fish give him a serpent? Or if he asks for an egg, will he give him a scorpion? If you then who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the heavenly father give to the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? No good parent would allow their child to suffer, would they? If we, those of us who have children, if we had the power within us, like if I had the power within me to correct my son's condition, I would. And I'm doing everything with the power of God that is on the inside of me to do that in the spiritual realm. But if I had the physical capability to fix it right now, I would. And any parent would do that for their child. How much more would God do? Does God do that? Because he does have the power to do that. And he has placed that power on the inside of us to do that for us. Because he doesn't want us to, to suffer. Because Jesus paid the price that we didn't have to suffer. Yeah, and what a horrendous price he paid. In Isaiah 52 verse 14, it says, As many were astonished at you. This is, this is talking about Jesus again on the cross in the prophetic way. As many were astonished at you, his appearance was so marred beyond human semblance and his form beyond that of the children of mankind. So on the cross, in the, in the old King James, not the old, just the King James Version, it taught, says his visage was marred and visage is his face, was, was marred. It was changed. He didn't, it says he, he didn't even look human. His body was so changed. So... We know that the Romans beat him and we know that beatings can damage bodies and, and they did. But the way this verse describes it, do you think perhaps maybe his body was so marred and the, the viewing of him, his, the way he looked was so changed because Jesus bore all our sicknesses and carried our diseases. So every sickness and disease and every deformity that you can think of in this world, Jesus actually took all those into his body 
Can you imagine what it would have done to one body to have all of that? Our bodies would be changed beyond recognition, wouldn't they? They would be so changed. So every genetic malfunction he bore, every deformity, every wasting disease, every tumour that corrupts, Jesus bore that in his body. We need to remember that the next time we consider saying yes to a symptom and saying no thanks to what Jesus did. He did that for us. He bore such torture and such pain and such corruption of his body that we would be healed and made whole. So it brings a reality check, doesn't it? It's like, oh, no, I'm not going to leave something on the table that he's actually given to me because he pay, paid a very dear price for us to have it. So we'll say, yes, thank you. Yes, thank you. It says, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. He knew what the cross was going to accomplish. For the joy set before him, he knew that there was going to be joy. Yeah? So he was willing to take on every sickness and disease so that we don't have to. Because the joy that he saw was us healed and in complete unity with him and the Father, free and made whole in complete unity. Well, we can't be in complete unity with God the Father if we're holding on to what the devil has given us. Yeah. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and all that is within me. You get in line and you bless the Lord in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Yes. Can you sort of speak over the where it sort of switched from empty hospital and preaching? Can you speak that over your family? Absolutely, I have. I'm sure my rabbit had myxomatosis about 20 years ago. <laughs> and she survived. Yeah, many times. Many times my animals have been injured and I've prayed for them. Absolutely. Because it says blessed in the... It doesn't say in the Bible you can pray for your animals and they will be healed. But it does say blessed is the home of the righteous. And I say, well, my home is blessed in Jesus' name because I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I have actually seen dogs being brought up to the altar call. <laughs> Not often, but it has been done. I know, you better ask before you... <laughs> the chooks. <laughs> it's not my fault. I didn't tell them they could do that. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Oh, well, yes. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Well, Rosie had a very good long life for a cat. 19 years, she did very well. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. All right. Hallelujah. Well, let's pray, shall we? Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Father, I pray that the Holy Spirit will help all of us here today to apply today's truths in our lives so that we'll not sit here and allow sickness, but we will resist it like the demonic thing that it is, knowing that it is not God's will for me. 
I hate the sickness that is oppressing me right now. And in the name of Jesus, Satan, you loose me and you let me go. And I release the healing power of God into my body, into every situation that affects me right now in Jesus' name. Father God, we thank you that you love us so much that you would become like I am so that I could become like you are. That you've already done it. That Jesus bore my sicknesses and carried my diseases. That his face was marred more than any other man. That your form didn't even look human because you took my sickness and my disease into your own body and you suffered for me. I don't want to leave anything behind that you've provided, Lord, as if it's not important. I know you went to great expense to provide my healing. And Father, I receive it now. Father, I thank you and I pray that you would give me a revelation and let me see you on the cross by faith in my imagination in my heart, let me see my sickness being put on you. Thank you, Lord, that we come before you and in your presence, Lord, is fullness of joy. You change those tears of mourning into tears of joy and gladness. We praise you, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord. Thank you for your anointing. Thank you for your presence. Hallelujah. We worship you. Praise you, Lord.